Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. What up? I'm Mean Joe Grizzly, and welcome to the Mean Joe Grizzly podcast. And I went and seen Thor Love and Thunder on Saturday. And on this episode, we are going to talk about it. So, let's go ahead and get started. This is Grizzly Grade Reviews. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and pull the band-aid off. Thor Love and Thunder sucked. And no, I'm not the person that wants his movies to be devoid of all fun, no comedy or comic relief. But I am that person that appreciates when a director can balance tone and mood properly. And that's one of my many problems that I have with Taiki Waititi's directing style. I know he's a very, very popular director. I know that a lot of y'all probably love his movies. And I myself, I love what we do in the shadows. I think it's hilarious. But what he and Disney slash Marvel Studios have done to the character of Thor is just flat out awful, if I'm gonna be honest with you. And after this movie, they may have reached the point of no return and the character may never be looked at as a serious character ever again. That he's always gonna be looked at as a joke and never be taken serious. And that's unfortunate. And really, it, it's, you're gonna hear me talk about tone a lot because that's the biggest problem that this movie has. But, it's one of these things where I'm not being the super fan, the, the fanboy that everything's got to be just like it is in the comics. That is not how I'm being right now. That is not my stance. But my stance is that at least have respect for the source material and do it justice. And in my humble opinion, they have dropped the ball on the character of Thor, Hulk, and partially on Venom. And those are the three best written characters in Marvel Comics right now. Over the last ten, five to ten years. Um, I know that Sony owns the rights to Venom, but Marvel Studios still has a hand in that. And I get that you really can't count that, but Venom is just okay. But Thor and Hulk have been reduced to fart jokes. That That is what they are now. They are fart jokes. Both of those characters are just blah now and just dumb. And I don't understand 
I don't understand it. Like, I don't know. I don't know what Disney and Marvel's in-game is with these two characters. And it's very frustrating being a fan of both of those characters and not understanding why they have taken them in these directions. Now, I understand that a lot of people like Thor Ragnarok, and I was not one of those people. I thought that that was when the shift changed for Thor, and he became this joke of a character but in this movie that completely solidifies him as being the the butt of every joke and a character that cannot be taken serious it's just completely goofy he is more goofy than the guardians of the galaxy and i think that the guardians of the galaxy works as a goofy silly group but thor doesn't and i don't care what anybody says that's going to be my, my stance and my humble opinion about it. He does not work as a goofy character. There's nothing wrong with him with him being funny or saying funny things. But when he is just flat out silly and stupid, then I have a problem with that. That is He is nothing like that in the comics. The thing about Thor is, is the comedy that you would get with Thor is very reminiscent of how it was in the first Thor movie that Marvel released. He was funny from like a Shakespearean type standpoint. For instance, he was funny and he would say funny things because he was ignorant to our ways on Earth while he was on Earth. Being from Asgard, he doesn't understand what a cell phone and all that stuff is. So jokes like that would come from his ignorance. But this, this stuff with like that they just made him dumb. There's no other way around it. They have made him this really stoner surfer character, and he's not like that. He's never been like that. The only time that Thor has been remotely close to this is when Thor gets drunk after battle, and then he'll say some funny stuff, and that's about it. But he's not like a fool, and that is how they are portraying this character, and it's, it's just really disappointing to see. And I blame Marvel Studios and Disney for allowing Taki Waititi to do this to this character. I mean, like I said, I understand that there are so many people that are fans of this guy. I personally don't think his style works with everything, but people try to put him on everything. And it just doesn't work. I love John Carpenter. John Carpenter's style does not fit everything. I wouldn't put John Hughes on a Saul movie. So I don't know why we are putting Taki Waititi, who is a comedic director, on a superhero movie. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But I don't want to completely like just destroy this movie without giving it credit for some of the stuff that it does right. So let's get to the positives. For starters, the movie is beautiful. The colorful landscapes of the alien worlds look amazing. Uh, when they enter the Shadow Realm, everything is devoid of all color except for like certain things like the characters' eyes and the weapons. And it, these just give way to these really great visuals. I, I, I appreciate that so much. Uh, for the most part, most of the special effects are, are good. 
uh, there is a couple spotty areas where I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty bad. Uh, the very beginning of the movie when Gore the God Butcher is introduced, that is almost taken straight out of the comics. It's tweaked a little bit, but it's almost taken straight out of the comics. And I really appreciated how they did that. Being like Gore and his daughter, and I believe he had a son in the in the comics. And when his daughter succumbs to the harsh environment of the planet they're living on, and he meets this god that he's been praying to that sat around and done nothing and and forced him to be, pretty much become Gore the God Butcher. That whole situation was a little bit different in the comics where there was a golden god and this god clad in black. They actually had crashed to his planet where they had been in combat and that is when Gore finds the Necro Sword, which in the comics it was called the All Black Necro Sword and it belonged to a being known as Null, the symbiote god. You heard that right, the symbiote god. And we will be talking about him hopefully soon. I'm hoping that they're gonna bring him into the MCU, but at the rate they're going, I hope they don't touch him. So we'll get into that more later. But they did do a lot of things good with that. I had no issues with how they changed that. That wasn't a problem with me. Um, I do like how they expanded the MCU in a sense, like the cosmic landscape with Omnipotent City. I thought that was cool, even though they made a lot of jokes and kind of made that silly as well. Uh, but I do appreciate the fact that Omnipotent City was in this movie. I like how they brought on the, the Sky Fathers and the Pantheon of Gods. I thought that was cool. Uh, the I really enjoyed most of Christian Bale's performance as Gore. I definitely think he is the best part of this movie. There's no doubt, no doubt about that, that he is the best part of this movie. The problem that I have is, is that there are parts where his character is very silly too. And the thing is, is that Bale is such a great actor and American Psycho is one of my favorite roles that he's in and I seen that channeled into this character but not the good stuff from from Patrick Bateman channeled into this character it was the the silly off the rails part that was stuck into this character and I didn't think it worked uh, the thing that people need to know is this character in the comics, he is the best villain Marvel has given us in like the past 20 years. He's top three, hands down. Best villain Marvel's given us in the last 20 years. Just fantastic. And the bar was already set high when they announced that he was going to be in this movie. And they didn't have to nail it perfectly but they could have done better than what they did. And I'm in the camp that when they showed the picture of Gore in the screenshots and stuff, or showed him in the um, in the trailer, I was disappointed with how he looked. 
because he didn't look nothing like he did in the comics. And I understand that regular general audiences are all right with that. They don't really care, but you made something that made him look unique and you dumbed him down once again. You dumbed down the character and you, you just, you just took the name and stuck it to a character. And that sucks when I have, especially when you're Disney. And that's the thing. That's the thing about Disney. Disney has more money than some countries and they have, they don't have an excuse to me to not make these characters look comic accurate. That's, I'm never going to let that down and I'm never going to change my stance on that. They have, they have more money than the Vatican. There's no reason why they can't make these characters look comic accurate. And I can rant about that for hours. So I'm going to just kind of end that there. That The whole rumor was that they didn't want him to look like Voldemort. Which if you see the character, he really doesn't look like Voldemort. Voldemort's this puny, bald... Wait a minute. They kind of made him look like Voldemort in the movie. Oh, that's so funny. All they had to do was cut his nose off and he looks like Voldemort in the movie. And they were trying to avoid that. That's pretty funny. But anyway, I, I digress. For the most part, his role was good, and he is the best part of this movie. And, like I said, the expansion of the mythos and the visuals were great. And the acting, the acting overall wasn't bad. Their dialogue and their lines were awful. Their script was bad. But the actual acting was not bad. And that's where all the the positives and the good ends. Now we're gonna to get to the bad. So let's start out with the number one problem that this movie has, and that's its tone. There is no tone in this movie because it is consistently destroyed by the director and his vision and the way that he directs. In both of Taki's movies for the MCU, that has been his glaring issue is that something really, really serious would happen and then it would get completely undercut by some dumb bro joke. And and that's that's the thing is like I stated before, I'm not I'm not opposed to humor or comic relief, but the the best example I can set is like in Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is is the, the best example I have is the entire realm of Asgard was destroyed and Korg and Thor were cracking bro jokes the whole time. That's that's my I, that's that's bad. It's forced. It's not good. And that's another thing with the comedy. The comedy wasn't even it wasn't even funny at times. There was a couple of times where I was dying laughing. And that was the the scene that you see in the trailer now where Zeus flicks Thor's clothes off. The funniest thing ever is on the back of, on Thor's back tattooed is rest in peace Loki. It's got like the Loki heart. It's hilarious. That part was funny. That's what this movie needed more of was that kind of humor. Instead, it was this corny sixth grade humor. If I'm being honest with you, there's, there's one scene in particular where before they set out to go fight Gore the first time, Valkyrie and jane foster are having this conversation in in the doorway of jane's room and 
Valkyrie is like, I got this weapon and this weapon. Like she holds up like her sword, she holds up two daggers, and then she holds holds up this like real shiny space grenade looking thing. And she's like, Oh, James, like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, a bomb. And she's like, No, it's a Bluetooth speaker. And she starts playing it. And it's like playing freaking Destiny's Child. And I'm like, What? It was just really cringy. I cringed three fourths through this movie or more and it was bad and I just don't get it it's all forced humor like it if you know how to write the humor's not forced and fact is is they can't write and they're the way that this movie was directed and edited it just it never had a chance everything is a joke everything in this movie is a joke and Thor is the butt of almost every single one of those jokes they make him so dumb in this movie and I I sound like a broken record at this point because I I said in the the intro to this this episode that he's just he's just dumb he really is an imbecile and it's oh man here, here's the thing to, to go back to tone and tie it to this it is real jarring to see Thor act like an imbecile in these movies and then when he teams up with somebody else in another movie like an Avengers movie and everything's serious and shit's popping off and Thor is really serious then it's jarring to see that that transition because there is no transition is he's a dumbass in his movies and he's smart and a great fighter in the other movies and i just don't i don't know why disney allows this i don't know why they allow why they keep allowing taki to do this with this character and it's just it just doesn't make any sense to me the freaking screaming goats christ i couldn't handle that anymore (laughs) The thing is, is that in the comics, Thor's goat's awesome. Toothnasher, Toothnasher's awesome. He's he's a badass goat. But like these goats, they're the screaming goats, and it's like make them buy or something. <laughs> they gotta wow the whole freaking time after they freaking scream for like the thirtieth time, it stops being funny. Stop being funny like the tenth time. It's just. It's too much. It's just overindulging. Too much. It's also the music. Okay. I'm not the biggest GNR fan. I'm just going to throw that out there. I like a few of their songs. Uh, I think they're a very overrated band. Might be the most overrated of all time. Uh, And they managed to pack the songs that are played out the most on this soundtrack. It's pretty much the whole soundtrack. Besides, at the very end, it was pretty badass when they played Dio at the very end. I did thought I did think that was pretty cool. But too much GNR. Gotta mix it up a little bit. Sometimes. Come on, guys. Gotta mix it up some. Gore had little development. He got all that development at the beginning of the movie and then nothing after that because he isn't on screen enough. He's probably on screen... I'm willing to bet he's on screen for 20 minutes total, maybe 25 at the most. That's not enough to develop that character. Like they could have showed him killing other gods or fighting with other gods. 
they could have done stuff like that, but they didn't. And I just, I just don't, I don't know why they, and they made him silly at times too. Like there's a scene where he has kidnapped all these kids from Asgard and he's talking to them and he's pretty much just toying with them and trying to mess with them psychologically. And that's why I said in before that he channels wacky Patrick Bateman. Cause there's literally a scene where he's like giggling and stuff and it just, it does not make any sense. I don't understand why they did that with that character. And that, that hurt his character for me, or that hurt Christian Bale's performance for me. Uh, Zeus, they made Zeus a joke. They made him dumb, and I, you got Russell Crowe, and Russell Crowe didn't do bad, but he did what he could do with what he was given, and they made Zeus this fat guy that wore a gold chest piece and a white skirt and just had him just being this huge dick and people for people that don't know about Zeus and Marvel Zeus is just like Odin so Zeus is like a big time sky father where he is very very powerful so them having Thor kill Zeus like it's nothing makes no sense either the other thing too is that I will give credit where credit's due here. There was a moment of development for Thor, for in, for his character when he meets Zeus, and he realizes that his hero, because Zeus is his hero, and he realizes the hero is a, is a dick, and that he could be the same way, but he chooses not to be. So that was a pretty good moment, and I want to give credit for that. That was that was a good point of development for that character. I just wish that we would have got more of that. The the cosmic entity of eternity was turned into a MacGuffin, and that's something that Marvel has a problem with. They have a, they're they're having a MacGuffin problem. Like a couple of movies now, I've had these MacGuffins to get writers out of a corner when they've written themselves in a corner, and using eternity as this wish machine that gore was going to use to wish all the all deities to die was just kind of blah it didn't make any sense in the comics he just he was creating a bomb out of actual god energy and blood and all this to detonate and kill all gods across the universe instead they gave him a wish machine in this now i will give credit for this when they when they finally do reach eternity and they show the the actual deity of eternity. That's what eternity looks like, but it's not small. It's not the size of a doorway or anything. It's eternity. If you were looking at a horizon, like a sunset over a horizon, eternity would fill that entire horizon, and it really would look like the universe got up and started walking around. But they got the they got the look of it right, just not the scale. The whole thing with Gore's kid. So Gore brings his kid back with eternity and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about that or any other audience member for that matter. And why it what what is the importance of that? Now, I have a theory that they're gonna they they might make this kid the avatar for Captain Universe because you can see in the reflection when it's brought back that it looks like eternity give given child form in the reflection. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but 
either way, it's dumb, and I don't understand the point of bringing that kid back. Uh, the way that they handled Jane Foster wasn't bad. I just wish they wouldn't have killed her off. Like, they, I, I felt like that they did a good job of her getting cancer, how she was led to Milner, how she became worthy. I, I wish that they would have made her more like she is in the comics where she was kind of, she was warrior-esque and she kind of like, her persona changed when she was Thor. And she's a hoss in the comics. She has these fantastic feats in the comics. It's just awesome. Her run, that Jason Aaron also wrote that run and that runs great too. So I don't, I don't really like it. And I felt like they kind of underwhelmingly wrote the whole thing with her cancer. But for the most part, I think they handled it okay. Uh, the ending of the movie with the final battle with Gore, they completely ripped off DC Shazam in that final part of the movie. It is so bad how blatantly obvious they ripped it off. So in Love and Thunder, of course, Thor yields a portion of his power to all these kids so they could fight these shadow monsters while he fights Gore. And that's exactly what happens in Shazam. Shazam yields his power to all of his step-siblings and they become the Shazam family. It's the same damn plot point. Like they just, they legitimately copied it. Now y'all might say that's a reach, but it legitimately is the same plot. That, that's bad. <laughs> it's, it's bad. And finally, my last gripe with everything is at the end credit scene Hercules is revealed and they completely nailed the costume like I'm talking about this costume is so good it's definitely comic accurate it's just great but they put it on a tiny ass character and it don't make any sense Hercules and Thor, Her Hercules might be might be bigger than Thor. They gave his armor and his costume, they took that costume and they put it on a body like Scott Lane, like Ant-Man, like Paul Rudd's character. Makes no sense. It's just goofy as shit, just like this movie. <laughs> so that's, that's really all of my big gripes with the movie. I just, I expect more out of a company like Disney. I just, I just don't get, they have all this source material and they don't have to take it word for word. They don't have to do that, but damn, they could do some of it. And they pretty much took all of Jason Aaron's run on Thor, which consists of Thor, God of Thunder, the mighty Thor and Unworthy Thor. They took those three storylines and they packed them into this movie. And they did it very shitty. They did like a parody of Thor and the MCU with this movie. Like, like for instance, like how the Wayans brothers do like the scary movies that make fun of like horror movies. It's almost like they did, they did that with this only they use Thor 
so if you would have told me that, that the Wayans brothers directed this movie, I would have totally believed you. That's how goofy this movie was. And I just don't understand why they're going in this direction and I expect more out of Disney, especially since they hold the keys to the kingdom essentially when it comes to these characters and these stories. But I can rant about this all day, so let's get to the verdict. Disney and Taiki Waititi continue to take the character of Thor into a direction that is less serious and even more silly. His inability to balance tones and moods makes the movie feel more like a parody of Thor than the next installment of the MCU. Bale's performance as Gore is held back due to lack of development and no screen time. Overall, it's definitely one of the worst of installments of Phase 4 and is one of the worst installments of the franchise altogether. With that being said, Thor Love and Thunder gets a 2.5 out of 5 and is not grizzly grade guaranteed. I would not waste my money going to see this. I would just wait till it comes out on Disney Plus to stream it. And with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you all so much for your continued support and patience with me getting these episodes out. Without y'all, this show isn't possible. I want to give a shout out to Car Casey at White Bat Audio for all the awesome music that I use for my backgrounds and intros and outros. Go check him out over at Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music. Guy does great work. I also want to give a shout out to Scott Walsh and his podcast, The Zero Hour Podcast. Dude talks about MCU stuff, has great interviews. Dude just has it going on over there. So if you like the MCU, go check out Scott Walsh and his channel, The Zero Hour. I know I stated before that I was going to do a grizzly guide on Jason Aaron's run of Thor before this movie was released, but in foresight, I thought that it would spoil a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie. So I decided not to and to do the review instead. I'm going to try to get a bonus episode out there and give y'all the Jason Aaron run of Thor explained in a Grizzly Guide episode, hopefully coming up this week. Uh, and then you can see how awesome this movie should have been. So stay tuned for that. My next episode is probably going to be my review of Miss Marvel. And I'm thinking about adding a little something to that episode as well. So stay tuned for that. But until then... Remember, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch.